Welcome to the Bicoastal Hootenanny starring Nate and Adam. I am and Adam. Adam Tootenanny Wilson, that is, in Brooklyn, New York, where it is a sunny, not a cloud in the sky, 75 degrees Fahrenheit, which I believe is a couple of Kelvins, I'm sure. Um, it is a Tootenanny Tuesday, which means Nate has the day off. It is about noon 45 right now on a Tuesday. Uh, got a friend in the studio with me from Jersey City, New Jersey, Adam Hose. How you doing? What's up, man? Uh, you are, you sent me a text last, uh, either last night or two nights ago from Philadelphia, didn't you? Yeah, two nights ago. Great. Now let me set the scene for the Hootenears. Um, and, uh, some of you may remember Adam Hose from a previous episode. Uh, why were you on? Were we just talking to you because you're our friend or were you doing something at the time? I think, no, I think we were just talking to me because I'm a friend. I think I, I think I probably asked to be on the show, basically. Yeah, I remember Nate and I having a meeting. Uh, we're like, okay, look, if we don't put Adam Hose on the show, he's not going to be friends with us anymore. So I think I'd, I think I was giving Nate a hard time via text one time. I was like, uh, really, I'm not going to be ever on the show. And so then I was. <laughs> yeah, good old Nate. Anyway, uh, so uh, two years ago on Father's Day, I want to say it was June nineteenth, two thousand eleven. Um, you and I traveled down to Washington D.C. to check out the new Nationals ballpark. We say, I always say new, but it was like four or five years old at the, at the time, I think. But, um, no, that's not true. About two years old. It was new to us, Adam. Yes, new to us, new to America, uh, and new to the National League. Uh, no Washington team had ever been in the National League. So uh, we went and saw uh, the Baltimore Orioles against the Washington Nationals at Nationals Park, and we sat in the front row uh, just at the uh, in the left field bleachers, Right. Mark Mark Reynolds in a twelve pitch at bat hits a home run for the Orioles and it goes right into your glove, Adam Hose. Um, and we've got a video of that on the site. We'll also put it on our Twitter. It's a very very classic Adam Hose moment and a semi classic Adam Wilson moment since I was in. <laughs> well, I mean, a very classic Adam Wilson moment. Well, I would say it's a very well. It was really your moment. You caught the fucking ball. I just heckled. Yeah. I just heckled. Uh, what was it, Lance Nix? Who was it? Who was that left I don't fielder? Know who that left fielder was? I want to say I was heckling because he went to the University of Georgia, and I was just, I was heckling him all day. And the, I remember there was a security guard in our section giving me the stink eye the whole time because if my shirt came off, I was I was getting kicked out of there. I kept the shirt on. That's a rare. That's a classic Wilson moment. Keeping the shirt on. Um, <laughs> what's funny? We need to go back to Nationals Park, and, and uh, we talked about this then. You were wearing your Braves garb, and I was wearing my Mets garb. And right. uh, at Nationals Park for the Orioles and the Nationals. Now we were right. um, we were both wearing uh, items from our wardrobe that come from the division in which the Nationals are. So you think you, you know? So, but the fans could not have been nicer. They were completely all ladies and gentlemen, every one of them. They offered totally nice. offered us beer. They were very nice people. Uh, so I really want to go back now that they've become good. Now that they've made playoffs, now they've made you know now that they've actually they matter now. See if it's see, gone to their head. See if they're assholes. Yeah, <laughs> I, so, I want to see if they've just automatically turned into complete assholes, complete tools. Well, yeah, I can tell you that the opposite has happened for the Philadelphia Phillies fans because they well we'll get into it, but they could not have been nicer the other night, and it's because they suck right now, I believe. Oh, true. Also, I think I, I really wish I want to go to um, a Philadelphia sporting event with like a black friend to see if like Philadelphia 
see if white Philadelphia fans are like extra nice to black people in light of the Riley Cooper thing, so that like you know they don't they don't like add to some stereotype. <laughs> see if there's some kind of like white paranoia that anytime they see a black person they're like oh god let's not let's not give them any reason to be pissed off at us. Let's be here. Uh, can I can I shine your shoes? You know I don't know something like that. God. So you're saying so you're saying there would be like black guilt, <laughs> pretty and- much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so. So that was uh, Father's Day 2011. You catch a home run ball on and it's, it was televised. So there's you and there's um there was me heckling a left fielder. A good shot of us both. And now yep. so- something similar happened two nights ago in well, Philadelphia as you were seeing the Braves and the Phillies at Citizens Bank Ballpark in Philadelphia. Set the yes, but before okay, before we get to that cuz I, I do want to say that I I've had some pretty good luck with this catching home run balls. Fifteen days later, after I caught that home run ball on on um, June nineteenth at Washington Nationals Park, my wife and I were in Texas in Arlington at, at whatever that park park's called. Yeah, Texas Stadium, the, seeing the Orioles play the Texas Rangers, and Mark Reynolds hit a home run into the left field bleachers about two rows above me in the exact chair, like literally two rows above me in the same seat two rows above me. So I almost caught Mark Reynolds home run ball twice within 15 days at two different parks, two different away parks. So that leads me to also, we should notice, we should note that you and I have been to a game at city field where I caught a home run batting practice ball, um, before the game. So, so my luck is pretty good. So, So setting the scene, uh, my wife and I decided Sunday night to go down to Philadelphia to see the Braves play the Phillies. Mm hmm. And um, I got the, the tickets like Sunday morning or something uh, off StubHub. But I but I got uh, right field tickets because I wanted to sit where I could see Jason Hayward play because he's my favorite baseball player. Uh-huh. And I wanted to sit on the front row. So we got front row seats in right field. Also, that's where the bashers for the Braves are going to hit home runs. Jason Hayward, Freddie Freeman, Brian McCann, they're going to hit home runs to, to uh, right, uh, start, yeah, to right field. And- Pause. In just a few Weeks earlier, there was, um, I think, uh, Philadelphia Phillies, uh, the, the guy uh, Umberto Quintero hit a uh, hit uh, a ball that was ruled a double on the field, but this chubby Braves fan interfered <laughs> with the ball or something, and, yeah, and I, they I, instant I, replay called it a home run, and you were they pissed. They called it a home run. I was yeah. pissed. So anyway, so we're, in, so we're in Philadelphia. We get the seats. We're on the front row, right field, and I'm thinking, like, the right field stands in Philadelphia, like the left field stands in Philadelphia. There's there's a section of bushes between the wall and the fans. Right. Just, I think that's the same in that at Nationals Park. There's like a section of like greenery, but right. in, in in right field in Philadelphia, it's just it literally is just the wall mm-hmm. and like a little um, metal whatever fence thing. Well, I think the, the the reason because of this is that um, I think the the left field stands over in Philadelphia are about eight feet high, so a player can actually reach over that fence. So there needs to be a buffer between the fans and the players. So a little three feet goes a long way, so you don't have fans interfering immediately with the play. The right field fence over in Philadelphia is about 20 feet high, so you're not going to have a... F- well, it, yeah, it's not it's not as high as you think. I, I, I thought the same thing, but mm-hmm. I, I think a player could definitely, like, do the old, like, kick off the wall and, and still reach up. But but I agree, like, they Bo, can't... Bo Jackson. Jump. Bo Jackson yeah. could, could actually walk up there. And catch Tory, a ball. Tory okay. Hunter could do it probably, right. but right. Um, okay. <clears throat> okay, so so we're at the game, and um, you know we're sitting around all these Philly fans, and uh, we're having a great time. And I'm thinking to myself, like, 
it would be easy to interfere with a home run ball right here yeah, because right. you just reach right over and um and of course sure enough of, sure <laughs> enough none of my none of my left-handed Braves uh baseball players hit home runs right there although Freddie Freeman hit a scorcher that went just foul but BJ Upton a righty righty who pulls the ball every time he hits happens to hit an opposite field home run mm-hmm. comes right at my section I reach over with my glove because I always carry my glove, even though I'm a 36 year old man. Mm-hmm. Reach over with my glove to catch the ball, and the guy sitting next, uh, two seats down from my wife, um, reaches out. The ball hits his hand, hits the top of the fence, hits the guy next to him in the gut, in the huge gut, and uh, goes over for a home run. So mm-hmm. it, it was literally two seats away from me. Right, and this um, is on Sunday Night Baseball. This is on ESPN, nationally on ESPN. televised. Yeah, so. game of game of the universe. I think is is what game. it's called <laughs> <laughs> because it's the only baseball game being, being played. So it's on Sunday Night Television. Um, I mean Sunday Night Baseball, and uh, yeah. So they so the so this is what happens. So the ball gets a uh, into the stands. The, some dude throws it back. The fans go crazy. The guy who who initially uh, the ball hits his hand is sitting next to us and we start talking to him and he's got a big bruise on his hand and he's talking about the bruise on his hand. Mm-hmm. And I look over and I notice that all the umpires are meeting at midfield. And I said, or at the, at the mound. And I, I said, you realize what's, what's happening here. They're about to go in and see if you interfered with that ball. And he, a was embarrassed, but B was terrified that they were going to throw him out of the game. Right. And, um, so sure enough, they go into the, into the, uh, into the, you know, underneath to, to look at the, the uh, review and it lasts like five minutes. It's the longest review in the history of, of yeah. baseball. And it lasts like five minutes and they come back out and say that it was interfered with by a fan and, and give BG, BG Upton a double. Wow. So this guy next to you, a Phillies fan, you're a Braves fan. He's a Phillies fan. It's in Philadelphia. This guy yeah. costs the Braves uh, a run. The Braves. He, he takes two ba- He takes a run and two bases away from BJ from Upton for the Braves. Okay, so he's he's awesome in 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 to them. Yeah, he's <laughs> to them. Right. Okay, so he's he's a good guy in the in the setting. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. It, what's funny is like no one around seemed to know what was happening. Like no one was like, "Yeah, good job. You interfered with the home run ball." No, like everybody was just sort of sitting silently, like they didn't realize what was happening. I assume mm-hmm. that's because they were sitting in right field, and you know, I, I don't know if that's bleacher bombs or whatever, but um, no one seemed to have a clue what was happening. Um, and he actually said it was a home run. And the guy who's, who's got it hit and the guy who ended up with the ball who threw it out on the field, they all, everyone agreed that it was a home run. Mm-hmm. So, so it seemed like the Phillies fans were like maybe a little, I don't know, felt bad. They, they were like looking at me and my wife and our Braves gear and they were like, oh, sorry, we kind of, you know, we right. kind of screwed you guys. Um, or we, you guys got screwed basically is what they were thinking. Um, so anyway, but for five minutes, they kept the broadcast kept coming back to the replay of us, you know, me reaching out. And if you look at the replay, I reach out for the ball and then I pull my glove back. I don't know if I pull my glove back because it was too far away, but I do remember the thought running through my brain, like, do not interfere with this ball <laughs> <laughs> because it was close. Like it was definitely either going to hit the top of the fence or hit mm-hmm. the wall. And so I do remember thinking like, uh, like. I can't interfere with it. Yeah, I'm watching. Um, I'm watching again right now, and yeah, I see you there. You there. You are. <laughs> it's so surreal. 
<laughs> you again. <laughs> Me again with the same jersey and same hat on as yeah, I so, was. So the ball clearly hits this guy's hand and then goes over and then hits the top of the fence and then hits the, the fat guy next to him in the gut. Yeah. Uh, and now he says that the ball would have, according to him, he says the ball would have gone over the fence anyway is what he says. Right? Yeah, all of them. The guy that ended up with the ball said he thought it was coming right at his, at, at his chest. Now, uh-huh. if you look at the replay, it wasn't coming at his chest. But he that's what he said he thought um, when it you know was happening. Anyway, what happens is everybody starts texting and like trying to get people to send them pictures of this so that we could see out there because they you know they don't show the replay in the stand on the field because they don't want you to know what I, I think it's they don't want you to know if you're right or wrong mm-hmm. so they don't show the replay. So we're all like trying to get it, and so immediately all cell cell phone service goes bad, and you can't. Um, you know, no one can get out. So it was like 30 minutes before we got a, a, my father-in-law sent a picture of, you know, a screenshot of uh, of what happened um, before anyone even could see what was happening. Of course, then they were everybody's just excited to be on television. Wow, that's yeah. insane. That's um, that's crazy. I'm looking at it. It looks like it would have been a home run. I I I, I don't know if these guys saw something I didn't see. Yeah, here's the th- here's the thing. Here's my problem with it. We have replay in baseball to get boundary calls right so we we have replay to get home run calls right or wrong and you know in in every other sport we have replay to figure out things that are right or wrong but they always have that that caveat that it has to be inconclusive video evidence to overturn so it was well, called well, home... well no it has to be conclusive it can't be yeah yeah, yeah yeah right yeah absolutely so it has to be conclusive video evidence to overturn the call on the field. And the call on the field was a home run. And there's nothing in that video that seems conclusive to me that that was not going to be a home run. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand how they came up with it. It doesn't matter. In fact, both teams had a home run overturned in this game, and both teams still scored that run. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the first one wasn't even close. It was Chooch uh, Ruiz hit a home run that wasn't a home run. It hit off the top of the wall and hit off the fence. Um, so he was actually laughing on his way back to the field because he knew it wasn't a home run, mm-hmm. but he ended up scoring anyway. BJ Upton was pissed, you know, cause his, he thought his was a home run and he ended up scoring, but I don't understand how baseball, I mean, why did they not have that rule? I don't know the official rules. And I also don't know the rules of if a fan reaches over, is that automatically make it not a home run? Cause he did reach past the wall i don't he right. he didn't reach below the wall but he reached past the wall so i don't know if that automatically makes it not a home run right um i don't know the exact rules but it seems like if they're going to get this instant replay right they've got to get you know it, it, they need the the conclusive video evidence to overturn it which um it seems like on the game of the universe they should have plenty of camera angles to get yeah, that yeah. right <laughs> right well and i've seen a i've seen like a like a cross section like what i didn't see in this replay was like a cross like a horizontal view of it where i could actually you know what i mean like one yeah, uh, like a camera, a, a where camera on the line but I, I remember that last game where um quintero quintero's home run or quintero's double was deemed a home run that uh it was of it was a camera angle that was horizontal that was parallel to the fence that was the that was the angle that allow the umpires to make the call that they made. I don't see one here. I don't know why ESPN wouldn't have one of those. Yeah, that um, they, they should have a camera maybe at, like on the on the foul poles or something. They have I mean they have been cutting their budget recently, so maybe that's it. I don't know. They cut their budget a lot so they could get Keith Olbermann back, I think. <laughs> oh, great. I know um, you love him, but well, 
Well, hey, what, what, what would you like Heath Olbermann to be doing? Being on MSNBC or being on ESPN? I just want him to go away. Well, but you'd rather him be on ESPN, and you know you no, would. I, no, I'd rather If you had to pick gun to your head, gun to your head, MSNBC or ESPN, you'd rather him be on ESPN because he'd be talking about stuff that you don't mind him talking about, right? In, incorrect. I'd rather him be on MSNBC because I don't watch it, and I wouldn't have to see him. Well, hold I on. watch ESPN, so I have to see him. Well, that's your damn problem. I don't watch ESPN unless there's a game on. You shouldn't watch that shit. That shit will fry your brain at this point. That's terrible. Well, I don't, they've, done I don't, to, they've done to sports what MTV did to music, Adam. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I only watch it when there's a game that I I want to see i don't watch sports center and baseball tonight and all that stuff I'm i saying. know come on techno music under highlights come on espn <laughs> what they should play journey under highlights right uh, whatever nfl films music no matter what the sport just nfl films music under every highlight <laughs> so the another interesting thing about this game and i'll i'll say this one last thing is um we got there just in time to see the last round of batting practice for um the braves players and Evan Gaddis, the Braves rookie catcher, um, the El Oso Blanco, who had spent time as a janitor, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> he was putting on a show. So that that was crazy because he was hitting home runs longer than I've ever seen. But, we're of course, we go down to our seats and we're right there at the fence. And um, we're actually on the second row because the fence was uh, full of Phillies fans. And uh, Eddie Perez, former Braves catcher and now Braves bullpen coach, was out in right field shagging balls with Julio Tehran. And... Uh, as we walk up, my wife says, "Who's uh, who's Perez?" And I said, "That's Eddie Perez, you know, former catcher." And he goes, "She goes, well, he just winked at me," and I yeah. was like, "Oh, really?" Because you know, she's walking in, she's a hot girl, she's walking in in her Braves gear, and it wasn't a minute later he got a ball and he he parted the crowd so that he could throw a ball to us so that my wife could have a baseball. So I did get, I did end up with another baseball from this game, another batting practice baseball, but it was tossed to us by Eddie Perez because he thought my wife was hot. That's pretty great, man. Good job. Yeah. Uh, oh, a quick question. I want to uh, change gears a little bit. Uh, and um, pardon me for getting a little personal. Uh, I, assuming that you two plan on having children at some point in the future. Yeah. Um, you got any names you've got? Like, uh, any, any names you've been talking about? We've been tossing around some. Because, like, and, and the reason I'm the reason I'm asking you this, and I'll, I'll tell you why I'm asking you this, is because okay, you're you're a, you're a white guy. You're a white yeah. friend of mine, and um. Um, look, I'm, I'm first in line to make fun of people for having stupid names. I'm first in line to make, make fun of people of other races who have stupid names, but a lot of white people who are, who make fun of black people for having stupid names are naming their kids shitty, stupid little pussy ass names. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I'm just gonna, so I'm I'm putting you on the spot here. What have you been, you've been knocking a few around? We've been knocking a few around, but here's the thing. We're hoping not to have a little boy. Um, Mm -hmm. because, because, uh, well, because boys are weird. Um, well, so you're 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 a theater grad, and you know what would your life be without all that ex- excess drama? You know what I mean? Right. So right. So we so we'd like to have a little girl, and we and our our names that we have come up with obviously are. Uh, and Lindsay probably will kill me for even discussing these because she's not ready to have a baby. But are they're all family names? So Good. she has she has Avery in her family. That's fine. Um, okay. Which would be a great name for a little girl. She has Kirkland in in her family, which is. A great name for a little girl, for a little girl. I would never right. name. I know, I actually know a, a little boy named Kirkland, and and I feel like making fun uh, of him. Right. But then, if we had a little boy, I think I would want to name him after my grandfather's, and it would and it would be a combination of my two grandfather's names, John Lawrence, and my my. Perfectly uh, fine. Perfectly fine. We're good. Yeah. we're good. Good. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I'm just you know, okay. As far as like, 
Look, I mean, naming naming a girl is more complicated than naming a boy. Surprise, surprise. But naming a boy, I mean, look, people are starting to. Oh, God damn it! I was talking to Basketball Dave the other day, and uh, hey, Basketball Dave, if you're listening to this, I don't give a shit if your girlfriend's mad at me for saying this because I'm probably going to only see her four times for the rest of my life. So I don't care if she hates me. So you can tell her to kiss my ass. I was like, hey, you two going to have kids at some point in the near future? And uh, he was like, yeah, we probably are. And I was like, well, what kind of name? I asked him the same thing that I just asked <laughs> you, and he was like, uh, we were talking about uh, talking about a few. We kind of settled. Like, if we have a boy, we'll name him, like, Devin Connor. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> God. Uh -huh. And he's like, what? That's a good name. And I'm like, look, I live in Park Slope, Brooklyn. That's the Devin Connor capital of the fucking world. <laughs> Don't do that. Look, I, I'm telling you, everybody, America, Hootenears, listen to me. If it sounds cute when he's two, it's going to sound gay when he's 30, okay? Hootenears, I, 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 I have a, a poll that I'd like to take, and you guys can write in or call in at and Adam, I'd like your opinion on this too, because my grandmother's name was something that's very interesting, and I think it's cool. My wife hates it. Mm -hmm. So my grandmother was a twin. Her name was Zella, like Z E L L A or Z E L L A. Okay. And I think it's beautiful. Who nears you can you can let us know. But her her sister's name was Zula, so it was Zella and Zula, and, and Zula I would never name a child, but Zella I think is pretty for a little girl. Were wife they... hates it. I mean, were they born in Zimbabwe? And I mean, <laughs> her name is Zella Jean. Yeah, well, actually, was there a stillborn triplet named Zimbabwe in the in the lot? <laughs> Zella, uh, Zella Jean. I don't know what Zula's middle name was, but I don't know why they named him Zella and Zula. Here, but here's what I'll tell you: Any, anything. We're we're at the point because I mean, this this naming your kids some stupid, shitty, and gay, uh, and and stripper sounding is is something that is pretty recent. It's it's modern. I would say if anytime you name anybody something. Uh, anytime you name anybody after somebody who was born before the Korean War, I think that's fine. All right. You know, and if if they're born before the Korean conflict, or no, I'll say if they were born before we sent troops to Vietnam, and you name you name somebody after that person, that that person's got a fine name. You know, because there's <laughs> a lot of Georges, a lot of Bills, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of Dave's. Jack. Jack, that's fine. Yeah, but you know, um, you know, but um, you know, just tired of seeing like you know Parker. Porter, Taylor. Yeah, I mean, Sander. I'm not, not a huge fan of last names as first names. Um, Tanner, and and that's what we're looking at with a, with a daughter. Yeah. Um, but I, I I think maybe it's better with girls, and and if it's a boy naming him a last name like Johnson. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That that's unless it's I mean unless it, it's somebody you're naming him after somebody who died in a war. You know, like yeah, yeah unless you're naming him after somebody who like did something good. Yeah, you know, then yeah, uh, then yeah, I'm with you. I, I knew a I knew a Johnson Brody. Oh, <sighs> Brody is too many fucking too many fucking Brodies. There's too many. I'm telling you, man. Like a year and a half ago at Zuccotti Park, half the fucking little pussies out there were named Brody. I swear to yeah. God. And they had like they had that they had that hairdo that you have to like tweak your neck back to get the hair out of your to get your bangs out of your eyes. Oh, you know what God. I'm talking about? God, I hate yeah. that crap. Skinny jeans, airwalks. Uh, that that haircut thing. Wait, is um, is my haircut that haircut that you're talking about? Where you kind of? Uh, well, no, you're a ba you're a Bama fan, so you have the Bama quarterback haircut. You uh, there's there's a rule, there's a rule that if you play quarterback at Bama, you have to have a duck tail out the helmet and a, a frat swoop. I think there's a there's actually that's Alabama state law. I think it was signed by Governor George Wallace like 60 years ago. Yeah, who I've met by the way. Right. <laughs> he used to live behind me in my my uh in my high school neighborhood. George Wallace lived behind me, so. Wow, that's weird. Amazing and awesome. <laughs>
And he had, uh, and he had the state troopers that would station that were stationed outside of his house all the time, you know, as protection. Makes sense. And, and often they were black. Mm-hmm. So they were. Um, that that he he is the most surprising like guy who stopped being racist. Like he 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 took a 180 on all that stuff. Like in his he late did. years, he I took a 180. I don't know how authentic it was or how political it was, but he took a 180. Yeah. Well, it, it, I mean, was it political? He wasn't running for office or anything. He was no, just, but he was George Wallace. I mean, true. He's a he's a politician. Yeah, I guess. All right. Uh, well, hey, uh, let's. I got one more item of business, and then we'll get out of here. I need to. I need to tell the Hootenears my song of the month. You want to do this with me? Yeah, sure. So, so, so okay. So, um, uh, as as you know, Adam. You, and by the way, thanks uh, for being a Hootenear yourself, Adam Hose. Um, oh, yeah. You tell me you listen to every one of our episodes, and I, I'm an uh, avid Hootenear. I much appreciate it. Um. Uh, also, before we do this, uh, make sure to listen to the Red Stick podcast. Should be published. Uh, it's published every Wednesday or Thursday. So, as you know, Adam, uh, every year I do my song of the year. I basically give my Grammy for like the best song ever in my brain, right. regardless of release date and stuff like that. So now every month I'm giving like three nominees for song of the month, and I'll pick one. So here we go. Uh, my first one. This is a really good song. This is called. Um, this is called Pocket Full of Rainbows. It's by Elvis, and it's from the. Uh, it's from the GI Blues soundtrack, and let's see, you should be able to hear it now. Yeah. Don't worry. Uh, so I love this song. This is, um, you know, when Elvis was doing his uh, stupid movies in the '60s, right. there were so many shitty songs that came out of those movies, like Bossa Nova Baby and Rockahula, things like that. But occasionally, you would find a golden gem in there, like Kuu Ipo. Dead serious. It's a great song. And then this one, Pocket Full of Rainbows. This is him trying to serenade some German chick. Oh, it's so good. Mm. It, it's Kuu Ipo. Is that a Hawaiian themed song? Yes. That Kuu Ipo. Oh, let me just, I'll just play that right now because uh, you'll, you'll see what kind of song it is. Um, uh, let's see. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, here. yeah. So. Yeah. That takes me back to my honeymoon. So listen, listen to this. So I don't think this is a Hawaiian song. I think this is just a like a pop song written by a couple of Jews at the Brill Building on Broadway, but they just put the word Kuuipo right in before the verse, so it would sound Hawaiian for two seconds. So you, you'd, you know, so that blue Hawaii would make sense. Anyway. Yeah, but it's got that it's got that Hawaiian feel. It's got that like falsetto-y yeah, right. thing. Okay, I get but, it. But but back to your song of the month nominee. Oh, true. Uh, I'm on a Ron Wood kick. I love Ronnie. And so here's one. Uh, it's a song that Ronnie Wood does. Uh, and this is Ronnie Wood with uh, Bobby Womack in the uh, in the studio with him that day. This is called If You Don't Want My Love. I love it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm really on a uh, kick of... Uh, baby making music. Babe, black people making babies music. Like, this is... <laughs> Wait, I don't know that I knew that Ron Wood did music by himself. Yeah, he did some solo stuff. Like, uh, basically, there was um, there was a short period where he it was between him being in the Faces and then him joining the Rolling Stones, and he put out I think three albums in that time period, and then had one more in between Stones albums. But yeah, he had uh, he had like four or five solo albums in the seventies. They're all really yeah. they're all really good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I need to. Seriously, I need to. I really. Ron Wood I, sounds a little bit like. Uh, he sounds a little bit like Bill. Uh, 
what's his name from from the Righteous Brothers, the taller of the two. Bill Bill Medley. Bill Medley, yeah. Just from what I'm hearing here. Oh yeah, but I think that's I think it's Bobby Womack's backing vocal. Okay. Going a little deep though. Ronnie's more um. Ronnie's got the high vocal there. Okay, but this is a great song. That's not the song of the year. That's not the song of the month. This is the song of the month. This is. Jug Band Blues by Pink Floyd. This is a very sad song. Uh, because this is uh, Sid Barrett's last song with Pink Floyd before he took one one too many bad trip or one million too many bad trips and never came back. Um, you don't know I, this, Adam, or you may know this, but I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan. Oh, I know this, and I know you went, you went to see Pink Floyd at Legion Field when you were a teenager. That's right. You told me this as we were watching the Braves and the Mets okay. back in May. I remember this. And you... No, you it must have been really, 90, 92 got, or 93. Uh, it was 94 or 95. You got really messed up at this show. It was the Division Bell Tour. I remember Division Bell Tour, yeah. Uh-huh. At Legion Field, and you you were drunk off your ass and high off your ass, and you were walking through a really shitty Birmingham neighborhood. Shitty Birmingham neighborhood's kind of redundant, but you were walking through a really shitty Birmingham neighborhood. Well, the whole neighborhood around Legion Field is shitty. Right. Basically, it's the Cotton Bowl of Alabama is what it is. But um, Yeah, but, but I did make out with a girl during Comfortably Numb. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Good job. Which I think was the, I think was their first song. Wait, wait, that was their first song? Uh, Comfortably Numb? Uh, it was. And then I think they, they finished with Run Like Hell, I think? Yeah, Run Like Hell. Yeah, Run. that's right. Uh-huh. But, uh... Not that I, I, I wasn't old enough to see that tour because I was only 13. I think you were like 16 at the time. Um, uh, I do have Pulse, though, that the the album from the tour where when you bought the CD, it's a double CD, and on the spine of the CD there was this LED light, this red LED light that was that would blink every second like a pulse. And it, it's fine. It finally, the battery finally died in it, but it, it, that thing blinked for like 14 years. Well, if you ever want to see the concert, I've got the DVD pulse. Excellent. Um, it's great. Dave Gilmore looks a lot like Tommy Frizzell in it, you know. Uh, <laughs> he really does. But uh, congratulations to Pink Floyd and uh, the late Sid Barrett and, and even the late Rick Wright. What was your uh, What was your reasoning for making that your song of the month? I just, I've listened to this song so many times. Uh, this month, and I just can't get it out of my head, especially this part at the end here, where it just kind of switches gears, because this is Sid Barrett's last words with Pink Floyd. And what exactly is a joke? There we go. That, that's good. that's from their second album, Saucer Full of Secrets. So, Song of the Month. All right. So, that's a can. It's an official candidate for Song of the Year 34. So I'm in my 34th year. So, which means I'm 33. People keep. I hate it when people get this <laughs> wrong. By the way, because uh, uh, I'm 33, which means I'm in my 34th year. Because my first year was when I was zero. That's right. Zero to one. That's right. Um, one final thing before uh, before we go. I was watching Duck Dynasty uh, just the other night, and there's this chick, Jessica, on there who um, is married to one of the guys, one of the Duck Dynasty guys, and her accent sounded a bit not West Monroe to me. And I just, I 
posted something stupid and silly and catty. I was like, I said, ain't no way nobody can tell me Jessica's from West Monroe. And uh, sure enough, it was this chick I had a crush on in high school whose name was Jessica Strickland <laughs> at the time. And I didn't recognize it because uh, she didn't have freckles and uh, shoulder length hair anymore. She's grown her hair out. It's way wavier. And uh, she looks a bit different now. Uh, <laughs> were you were you were those? So Duck Dynasty guys, they were they like in your high school? Uh, I mean, they're a little older than me. Like, I didn't know them. But I mean, yeah. I knew I knew that, that I knew one of them's wife, obviously. But um. <laughs> The uh, I knew I knew of the that family, but I mean they weren't like all famous and rich or anything yet. Yeah. Uh, but you know everybody knew every. It's not like everybody knew everybody, but everybody knew of everybody. So I knew of those folks. But, I met a chick. I met a chick recently. I told you about this. Who was from West Monroe, and uh, and Hootenier, She she confirmed the legend of Adam Wilson um, <laughs> by by telling me. First of all, she didn't recognize the name. Then she recognized his face a little bit, and then she goes. Is he a comedian? Said, yes, he is. <laughs> this is down on the beach in Alabama. And uh, and then the next thing out of her mouth basically was Duck Dynasty. Mm. And I was like, oh, you guys are probably really proud of those guys. Yeah. Um, Adam, thanks for joining me today. And thanks for telling me that uh, that awesome story um, from Philadelphia. Glad you thanks came for on. Having, I'll, I'll probably be listening to this while I work out at some point because for some reason I find myself listening to the Hootenanny when I'm working out, which is a little strange. You've re- you mean you've replaced "Gonna Fly Now" by Bill Conti, the theme from Rocky, with <laughs> with, with, with my podcast with, with Adam Wilson talking to his uh, inner monologue. That, oh, that's, that's great! Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm so very flattered. Suck it, Bill Conti. Yeah. Uh, also an LSU alum, by the way. Um, uh, uh, make sure and uh, look out for the Red Stick Podcast. Uh, in the next couple of days, Nick Board and Robert Rao will join Jeremy White for that. And uh, stick around for uh, next week, our actual half birthday with the Bicoastal Hootenanny starring Nate and Adam. For Adam Hose in Jersey City, New Jersey, I'm Adam Wilson in Brooklyn, New York. To all our friends back home and everyone else in between, we say swing it